الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونعوذ به من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت وهو على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وعزيزنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليله وما كان الله ليعذبهم وأنت فيهم وما كان الله معذبهم وهم يستغفرون من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ويتوكل على الله فهو حسبه والله غالب على أمره ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون Dear committed Muslims, uh, this khutbah will be dedicated to the fact of 34 years and beginning 35 years this week in which we have this status quo Some Muslims controlling an Islamic center and a masjid and other Muslims being barred from entry into the Islamic center and into the masjid. There are some ideas and reflections on these past 34 years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِيْنَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا And those who exert themselves, those who offer a struggle for our cause, we will guide them to our ways. Famous ayah in the Quran. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِيْنَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا The wording of it, لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ Allah is emphasizing this as much as a language can tolerate emphasis. لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ Some people, of course, many Muslims, they pass very quickly 
through these ayat in the Quran and don't take a moment to understand what they are reading. Allah offers us opportunities so that He can open avenues for us, but it's going to take an effort. These opportunities are not free, and these opportunities are not cheap. Once these opportunities are given to us, such as is the case here, praying winter and summer, hot and cold, in an atmosphere of social ignorance and hostility sometimes, When Muslims are put in this condition, after a while, what happens is that they begin to lose interest and lose hope. Allah is giving them an opportunity, they begin to lose interest and they begin to lose hope. And this is part of human nature. If there is not a solid commitment in the heart, and in the self and in the soul of the individual of the committed Muslim or Muslima then they will gradually it may take a week it may take a year it may take a decade it may take longer or shorter they're going to gradually lose momentum and we have seen this played out this is a fact of life And it's a fact of human nature. The Quranic word for these types of people is yes. Despair or abandoning hope. In one ayah in Surah Al-Mumtahina, قَدْ يَئِسُوا مِنَ الْآخِرَةِ كَمَا يَئِسَ الْكُفَّارُ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْقُبُورِ They've lost hope in Al-Akhirah, in the final life, in the final world. They've lost hope of that. The same way the kuffar have lost hope with the occupants of the grave. A very telling example. The people who have power and wealth and therefore deny and object to Allah's power and authority how much hope do they have in the occupants of the cemetery the rulers the wealthy class the governing class how much hope do they have in people who are in the cemetery six feet under well this is the way you know some Muslims behave when Allah is offering them that opportunity. This diminishing or diminution of hope is even characteristic of prophets. The ayah in Surah Yusuf says, Hatta idha stay asar rusul. So messengers from Allah 
they themselves begin to feel that they have run out of hope. They have abandoned that hope. These messengers, Allah's selected messengers, Allah chose them with His own care and His own knowledge because of the earthly circumstances and because of the elongated struggle they began to say they began to lose hope and say we're overwhelmed there's nothing else that we can do then Allah says at that point our help and our triumph comes to them now looking at this picture looking at this picture we find that we share these feelings we are human beings there are times when we are thinking to ourselves and we say well how far can this go how much more time do you need for a breakthrough to happen well what if you were what if you learned from reading the Quran that the breakthrough is not going to come on your terms it's not going to happen on your watch and it's not going to be subject to your calculations it's not going to happen that way Allah's prophets kept on and on and on and we don't know how Allah's will works its way the Prophet of Allah struggled 13 years in Mecca and the breakthrough came in Medina and one struggle in the presence of Allah is connected to other struggles in the presence of Allah so the time and the place these are Allah's calculations they are not our calculation as far as we are concerned some of us we look at numbers we consider look if there's 10 20 30 40 Muslims praying in the street depending on the day the weather the circumstances etc and there are 200 300 400 or more praying in the masjid this is done every week so you begin to think internally think inside this reality and how do you measure yourself you measure yourself in the numbers that are around you or you measure yourself with the divine principle inside of you only you can answer that there's no one else that can answer that question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through those who are committed to him even though they may have meager and limited means 
through those who are committed to him wants to establish proof evidence of those who are against him this takes time it can't be done in a flash it takes time for this to come out there has to be a presentation of a divine case in real life but some people can understand this and others cannot besides we didn't calculate who calculated all of this who said that that this masjid has to be built here when it was built in the 1950s who said it has to be located on embassy row which is a miniature political throwaway of the world we didn't do that we came many years later who calculated that the government of the United States along with the Saudi government and the rest of these were going to force themselves into the masjid and force other committed Muslims out of the masjid that's not of our doing so when developments unfold at that level they are in Allah's care Allah is not absent from this this if we haven't learned anything in all of these 34 years we should learn that Allah has we should have learned that Allah is not absent from these events there's a psychology certain people have the psychology is these individuals who are praying in the street in inclement weather physical weather and social weather they must be crazy they must be crazy doing this every week or they must be fanatics crazy or fanatics what else is there that comes to their mind along these lines the simple answer to that no one is crazy no one's a fanatic Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu idha nudiya lissalati min yawmil jumu'ah fas'aw ila dhikrillah Allah tells us before the Islamic center was occupied and we, we came to the Islamic center then something happened interference those who have power and those who have money interfered in all of this said you can't come into the masjid you would expect Muslims especially two types of Muslims we're going to try to avoid some sensitive words there's two types of Muslims particularly should be particularly aware of what is happening here and these two types of Muslims are defined as minorities these minorities say that they've suffered from oppression in history 
they've been dealt injustice, they've been segregated against, they've been oppressed by the powers that be, etc., etc. Okay. All of that, and Allah is offering you the opportunity to live what you think is true. But where are you? Both of you who belong to these two minorities, where are you? If you are really against racism, where are you? If you are really against sectarianism, where are you? Because this is a combination that has been at work on the other side of the fence. Remember when they took over, when they occupied the powers that be at that time. The rulers in Washington and the rulers in the Arabian Peninsula. When they occupied the Islamic Center, who did they bring? They brought African Americans to, to be their thugs. They called them private forces, private police or whatever. It was a vigilante force. And then they brought a Shi'i who was like their intelligence man in all of this. And then they brought a Palestinian to give the khutbas inside the masjid after they had closed it for over three months. They used these issues. They used racism, they used sectarianism, and they used nationalism against those who are just obeying Allah. That's a masjid, and every Muslim should have access to it. In these 34 years, at the beginning, we had to go to court. And all of this legal procedure ended with this whole matter going to the Supreme Court. Where is the Supreme Court? First they said it's going to take 10 years. Then they said it's going to take 20 years. Then they said it's going to take 30 years for this whole issue to make its way to the Supreme Court. It's been 34 years and we haven't heard a word from them. Which tells you something about this legal system. And then they have, you know, they say, Muslims, why don't you elect your representatives? Okay, this is exactly what happened here at the Islamic Center. Muslims elected their representatives. Not using the Islamic word bay'ah, that's something not many people are familiar with. But many people are familiar with fair and free representation. Okay, we can't have that in a masjid in Washington, D.C. And this is exactly what they, the powers that be. You see, there's an idol in the masjid. People who go in there with, with Islamic rituals, they are actually worshipping an idol. And that idol 
has the configuration of wealth and power. So wealth and power has, has them, the, its combination, has them every week going into the masjid and then leaving the masjid and not even being thoughtful among themselves. Are we learning something? Is there any substance to this khutbah, to this jumu'ah, to this masjid? Is there anything of that? No. Blind tradition takes them in and blind tradition takes them out. And we've been subject to this for the past 34 years. And then how many people say, we know the ayah, the well-known ayah, very much quoted from Surah Al-Baqarah, وَكَمْ مِنْ فِئَةٍ قَلِيلَةٍ غَلَبَتْ فِئَةً كَثِيرَةً بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ how many times has it occurred that those who are numerically less overcome those who are numerically more with Allah's permission? And indeed Allah is with those who are patient and persevere. How does that apply here? Put that in your personal psychology and put it in the Muslim's communal psychology. Put it in those two contexts and see what the character of either the individual or the community is. These 34 years have brought us into our 35th year, which we are beginning. And we want to ask those who are in the Islamic centers, in the masajid, in Islamic halaqat, Islamic study circles, etc., in this area, how do you feel about this? Where are, where's the other Muslims? Ask yourself, where's the other Muslims? We know the media wants this could this could enter the Guinness Book of World Records. Has there been a religious group in the world that has been denied access to its own place of worship, whether it's a temple or a church or a synagogue or a masjid or whatever it is? They've been denied systematically, without interruption, entry into their own place of worship. But everyone looks the other way. Let them look. Are we with public opinion? Or are we with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is the bottom line. If we are with Allah and this is Allah's will, we will walk with Allah's will all the way up until our final day in life. 
And who are the, in, in, in these 34 years, the president of the United States at that time was Reagan. And his vice president, who lived just a few blocks down in that direction, was Bush, the father. Then Bush, the father, became the president. Well, Reagan is dead now, and Bush is dying now. That's here. In the Arabian Peninsula, at that time, there was King Khalid. He's dead. After King Khalid came King Fahd. He's dead. Then came King Abdullah. He's dead. And now we have King Salman and he's dying. And we're all going to go to the opposite side. We're all going to stand in front of our creator. And all of us are going to open our books of life. And how are they, how are they going to respond to this? You speak about discrimination. You speak about segregation. You speak about oppression. You speak about injustice. All of this has been a recurring event every week here for the past 34 years. And we are not doing this for ourselves. We have, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, we have no ego in this regard. We stand on principle. The Muslims have a God-given right for a bay'ah, and they have a civil right for elections. Whether you're looking at this from a religious point of view or a secular point of view, they are violating all of that. And if the Muslims wanted to elect, and we've said this from the first day, if the Muslims, if those doors are opened for all of the Muslims and the Muslims decided to vote for King so-and-so or Prince so-and-so or whoever so-and-so to become the Imam or the Khatib in that masjid, that is honey and sugar to our mind and to ourselves. Because finally the Muslims have been barred from expressing their collective will for almost 1400 centuries, 1400 years, 14 centuries. That's how long we've been barred from expressing our social will. And now here in a country that sings the songs of democracy, still Muslims cannot express their social will. If there's anything to understand, it is these few points. Oh Allah, forgive us for our human mistakes and our inadvertent transgressions. أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ أُدْعُوهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَأَنْتُمْ موقنون بالإجابة الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى
وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أُلِنُّهَا وَاتُّقَىٰ Dear committed Muslims, brothers and sisters, We've had what it takes in the past years to point a finger at those who are responsible for the conditions that we are in. We make no apologies about the fact that we stand with the Muslims' right to self-determination wherever these Muslims are. That doesn't mean Muslims are terrorists. This whole play of terrorism is an infiltration inside of the Muslim populations. And this infiltration was made possible by the regimes in the Arabian Peninsula. Nowadays, the king, the major king from the Arabian Peninsula is on a visit to the Far East, Indonesia, Malaysia, and those areas. And there is there is news item that the Saudis want to buy an atoll in the Maldives island, that nation state. They go around the world with their entourage, a thousand individuals spending left and right, and the rest of the Muslims are bleeding or dying from different imposed conditions. So he goes there and he raises his voice to combat extremism and fanaticism. Well, look at yourself. You, Your kingdom is the generator of that extremism and that fanaticism. We say to him, look who's speaking. You send those people who love to hate, to kill. You send them to different parts of the world and you want to discredit. You are used to discredit Islam in the name of Islam. And we hold you in this world and Allah Jalla wa'ala will hold you ultimately for the consequences of your evil policies. Your spokespersons who appear on satellite TV, in the media, etc., who entertain issues that are concentrated on the human instinct, that are concentrated on sexual issues. They're not permitted to open their minds and look at the economic, the financial, the political, the military affairs of life. You forbid them from thinking that way, systematically. One of your programs called Nurun al-Darb on one of your satellites, the Khatib and the Imam of Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca, in a call-in session, someone called in and he asks the following question. This following question indicates the foul nature 
of that villainous kingdom. He asks, Is it permissible for me to bring my wife, this person who's asking the question is not a Saudi citizen. So he's saying, is it permissible for me? Remember, he's asking the Imam and the Khatib of the Haram in Mecca. Is it permissible for me to have my wife come to Saudi Arabia in a legal manner, which would mean she would have to marry a friend of mine to come here? Meaning he has a Saudi friend and the only way he can get his wife to come to Saudi Arabia is for his wife to marry the Saudi man. And of course, the answer to that question was a negative answer. No, you can't do something like that because it's going to harm your relationship with your friend. It's probably going to destroy your relationship with your wife and because of this irregularity in a small family unit you are not permitted to do that instead of a Muslim he's supposed to be a scholar instead of a Muslim scholar looking at the legal system in Arabia in which Muslims are prohibited from going to Mecca and Medina these are two places no Muslim anywhere at any time should be prohibited from going to but we are not supposed to think at that level we're supposed to give answers that are limited to the bathroom and to the bedroom just like the answer this person gave on this 34th year the end of the 34th year and the beginning of the 35th year we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring an end in his own way and in his own time to these misrepresentatives of Islam to these fake Muslims to bring them to their end and have Mecca and Al Medina and Al Quds thrive in a world of Islamic self determination, a world of justice and freedom. Rabbana la tuakhidna in nasina aw akhtaqna. Rabbana wala tahmil alayna isra. وأنت خير الفاتحين ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا ربنا اكشف عنا العذاب إنا مؤمنون
ربنا صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد ربنا صل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعم يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة Oh, man. 